0: I talk about a lot of movies on this show, and chances are, you haven't seen all of them. Want an easy way to watch them all and so much more? You should check out Amazon Prime. If you go to my website right now, moviesmorepod.com, linked in the description, and scroll to the bottom of the homepage, you can check out a tab that will take you to start a 30-day free trial of Prime. On top of that, every movie I talk about will have a product link to rent the movie through Amazon in the episode description. So go watch more movies and do it with Amazon. Thanks for supporting this great service and this show. Hey and welcome back to Giovanni Gioli's Movies and More, where I talk about movies and more. Alright everyone, today I'm here to talk about Zodiac, a 2007 David Fincher movie that chronicles a newspaper uh, writer, a detective, and a newspaper cartoonist all trying to solve the mystery of the Zodiac killer in the 60s and 70s. And it's uh, amazing. It's an amazing movie. David Fincher is a hell of a director, he's somebody that I know is great, and I've liked in everything that I've seen of him, but I haven't really seen enough of, I've seen this, I've seen Mindhunter, but I haven't seen Seven, The Game, Benjamin Button, Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Gone Girl, so you're probably thinking like, what have you seen then, because that's like everything, um, there's something else I'm not thinking of, but I know he's a really great and really reliable director who is, he's got a very distinct style, he is, very uniform in his sensibilities, and I really admire that. And this movie is no exception. This movie is directed like a master at work. He went through so many painstaking processes to recreate the setting for this movie, which is one of the best things about it. It really immerses you in the 70s world. Everything looks period accurate. You really can feel the streets that you're walking down with these characters. You can smell the that san francisco air like it's so perfect and i read later that they i guess apparently they went through and they uh they saw like crime scene photos and and as much as like the descriptions of all these events as possible and they tried to replicate the outfits of the victims and uh, make the fashion of the time look appropriate the what the police officers would wore what the writers would have wore all that stuff. They try to make it as close as possible in the staging of the crime scenes, where everything happened, the locations, the times, everything. They try to make it as close as they possibly could to reality, to really immerse you in this setting. And I think that's something that is just so above and beyond that really sets this movie apart from other uh, historical crime mystery type movies, and it's one of the best parts of it. This whole movie is just so gripping and so interesting. It's just it keeps ratcheting up the tension. It keeps adding something, it. and it feels like a journey. You know, you're really moving along with these characters and seeing how they weave in and out of each other's lives and how the, you know, the Zodiac killer's he changes and when he goes dormant and when he comes back and how they can actually prove certain killings and how they can link all these different people to each other and try to establish a motive or possible identity. And I think it's, it's really interesting as well. The ending is one of the best I've seen in a while. This whole movie is about obsession and how far it drives, in particular, Jake Gyllenhaal's character to sort of sideline everything else in his life and completely let this man take over. He's trying to figure out who he is. He's trying to catch him. And he is working around certain systems because he's not qualified. This isn't his job. And it's kind of changing his life. He's using a thinly-veiled excuse of, oh, I'm writing a book, to really just turn this into his entire life and it's you know it's taking precedent over his family over his child over you know his work his relationships and everything and it's so interesting to see him kind of unravel and the places that this takes him to the very uncomfortable situations it puts him in it's really really good and it's really interesting to see that ratchet up from a point where he's just a little bit more interested in it than everybody else and then he solves something, and then eventually it spirals into him being in some creepy basement with this old guy who is, uh, uh, like, his basement, really creepy. And then he is, like, knocking on Mark Ruffalo's window at the, you know, in the middle of the night and everything. It's taking him so far, and that's, like, a, it's a very interesting story that you don't see a lot of. It's really about uh, a feeling, like, uh, an emotion an experience that he's going through, it doesn't actually end up even culminating in him finding the killer because this is something that happens a lot when I watch historical stuff like this where I feel the need to look up the, the real facts the real people and everything and so i found that they never solved this case and i was like wait what then what's this movie about and it turns out it's more about the obsession the chase than it is actually ever catching him because like i said the ending is so pitch perfect to me because he's solved the mystery or so he feels like, the way he presents it is very compelling it makes sense to mark ruffalo it makes sense to us, but then, at the end of the day, all of that was for nothing. He obsessed over that. He let it take over years of his life for basically nothing. Because they can't prove it. They don't have a way that they can prove it. And he doesn't have the authority to uh, arrest th- these people or make you know certain moves legally, because he's just a cartoonist who got carried away, and all that amounted to nothing, they can't even prove it, and I just thought that was so perfect, just the kind of crushing nature of it, the way that in the end, Zodiac Killer did win, like all of that, all that work, and he still won, like it's just such a perfect ending, and it just leaves you with such a weird sort of melancholy note, and uh, yeah, like I said, it's just perfect, this movie hits every beat, perfectly. It looks amazing. The colors are beautiful. I love that every character kind of has a certain color associated to them. Robert Downey Jr. is kind of yellow. Jake Gyllenhaal is very blue. And uh, Mark Ruffalo is brown. And they kind of weave in and out of each other. Like, when Robert Downey Jr. is at the news office, the pillars that hold up the ceiling are yellow. And once he leaves, they're blue because Jake Gyllenhaal is kind of taking over this, uh, this portion of the story, this location and then when the when the characters are working together like when Robert Downey or excuse me when um uh Jake Gyllenhaal and Mark Ruffalo's characters are working together their colors kind of mix there's blue and brown when they're apart it's um it's just blue and it's just brown and then when they start to like come together and help each other the outfits start to steadily incorporate both colors and then like everything, down to the the pillars becoming blue when Robert Downey Jr. leaves, to the color of Jake Gyllenhaal's phone, all his shirts, his jackets, and just like the, the starkness of those different colors. It's really really interesting and the way that he sort of makes this movie into a kind of a giant cinematic painting is really unique and everything just looks beautiful. It's shot amazingly, it's directed amazingly, and the ratcheting tension is really palpable throughout the whole movie the performances are great this whole movie just is firing in all cylinders I really really love it I probably won't watch it again very often because it does have a very somber ending and it is very long but I don't think you feel the length I really don't I think that this movie is a breeze and uh yeah David Fincher what a director I love The Social Network that was the other movie I was thinking of And I love this. Really, really great stuff. All right. Before I get out of here, I want to say that I am grateful for... Oh, man. A really great summer. Now, guys, it's starting to draw to an end. By the time you listen to this, I'm sure I'll be basically back in the swing of things with school and everything right now. I'm actually in two schools. I'm sure I've talked about this before, but I'm in a VOTech program as well as my actual school. So the VOTech program is a kind of conglomerate of a bunch of different schools that go there half the day. And so some of those schools started earlier than mine. So I, in turn, have to go to that school that I don't have to go to my own yet. So I'm kind of like working back into the school schedule sort of steadily every other day now because of coronavirus. We've really changed our schedule up a lot, uh, it's all masks all the time, it's one-way hallways, sanitizing all the time, um, the teachers are in like a sort of box, they're boxed in by, by like plexiglass dividers, and they have their, um, they have their face shields and face masks, and it's, everything's just upside down, but I am grateful for a heck of a summer that preceded it, had some fun trips, had a lot of fun at work, I, I I had a lot of fun with my friends and my girlfriend and everything, and it's been really great. So I'm appreciative of a very good summer, even though it's not been a great year overall. So yeah, as I go back to school, I'm sort of reminiscing on a a very interesting and in some ways prolonged summer. It's kind of been a six-month break, if you really think about it, but yeah, been crazy. It's been quite the ride, but I'm grateful that I got to experience it and, you know, Chuck one more up in the books. So that's what I'm grateful for. All right. Uh, If you want to support the show and show it some love, please rate, review, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can find a full list of everywhere that you can do that, uh, that being listen to this show, on my website, moviesandmorepod.com, as well as links to contact me, follow me on Instagram, email me, whatever, and um, the links to whatever the most recent episode is, If you really like the show, please tell a friend about the website or the podcast, who would really help out a lot. I love to get new listeners, and I would love to keep growing the show's following. So thanks if you've done all that, and thank you in advance if you're going to. But most importantly, thank you as always for listening. I will catch you in the next one. And until then, uh, don't trust a weird guy who says that your tire's flat and then throws your baby out the window. Okay, bye. (laughs)